Bernie Neighbors. Yes, sir. You've got uh, some serious explaining to do. Mm, man. Where you've been recently and didn't tell me about it at all. You know. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm, well, I'm hurt. Jeff, I got to tell you, it kind of came up last second. You know, it, it's funny, like not being in the office as much as I used to be, living now primarily in Atlanta and not being in the home office as much as I used to be. Yeah. Just being there for a few days, all of a sudden it was like, hey, we're doing this. It'd be fun if you come. Let's go. And I was like, okay. So literally, what, two days after we spoke, those plans were made. So I, I didn't even have the opportunity to tell you about it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No phone call. No text. I know. Well, yeah, Jeff, I, you know, I was, we, I was, I mean, I wasn't you know, expecting a, hey, do you want to go? But at least, uh, <laughs> hey, guess where I'm going, dude? Yeah. Nothing. You know, I got nothing. You know, I mean, I, I mean, thought, I thought that's seriously, if we're going to do this show, if we're going to be partners, <laughs> I need some more communication. Yeah. Right. You know, Jeff, I, I, I'm a member of the jet set, man. You know, sometimes I got to go to LA, right? I mean, like I, I got to live that lifestyle. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> All right. So now that, now that the cat's out of the bag and now that you've yeah. already cheated, I mean, now that you've already gone out there and didn't tell me about it. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, all right. So you had an awesome experience. So yeah, two I days did. after we recorded the, uh, the show prior to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to everybody, yes, everybody had a you great well. Thanksgiving holiday Everyone out and, there. Uh, happy holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to all those out there. Um, so yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden you're up on a flight to LA. Now, for those who don't know, maybe new to the show, our, our very first, well, our first guest was Stacy, but our first official guest was David Lim. Yes. David is good friends with Shamara Moore, who is a big time Hollywood uh, TV and movie star. Co-stars. Um, co-stars. Yeah, so, now, so now they're co-stars on uh, SWAT. So we have da- we had David Lim on for the first uh, for the first show. He and Shamara Moore, big time cornhole addicts, I think you can probably say. Uh, yes. Shamara looks like he's pretty good. David, from what I've heard, and you can tell us a bit more about it. David, David looks like he's got a legit like flat bag with some spin. But anyway, so these guys. So tell the story on how you ended up in L.A. this week playing with those guys did they call you did stacy call like how did this how did this go I believe, you up in LA? well you know those guys are obviously huge cornhole fans you know they explained it to us that uh, during the pandemic you know they were kind of had to quarantine together you know they you know with filming and, and whatnot being as it was their lives were somewhat limited and so the one sport you know how we've all talked about that was on tv was ours cornhole and so they said they were looking up at the TV and they were like, you know, what is this sport? What's going on? They decided to pick up a bag, start throwing a little bit. And as we all know, once you throw it a few times, you get hooked. And so not only did they get hooked with the game, they decided to kind of create their own league within SWAT. So it became SWAT Cornhole. They've had a number of players, probably 10 to 12 players of our pros that have been out there a few times, the Trey Birchfields, the Ryan Windsors, the Noah Wootens, Cameron Belvins, uh, quite a list. I could go on and on, but there's about 12 kids and they've been out there a few times. And so that relationship was already there with those players. And I think Stacy figured, you know, look, if you're going to be into cornhole and you're going to have a huge interest in what the ACL is about, you probably need to learn it from the man himself, right? You know, get a, get a better understanding of where we're coming from, you know, from a business perspective, so on and so forth. So that. Oh, so you, you, you actually talk some business then. Uh, absolutely. I, ah, I, I will, I will ah, not okay. divulge what was said or what was not said, but I will say it was a, a fruitful uh, trip. Um, I believe that that relationship, you know, Shamar and Stacy got a good chance to talk with David, uh, my man, Odie, what's up, Odie. 
uh, as one of the guys out there as well. He's he's the guy that uh, when they're holding their weapons, he's guy. My brain's not working. Jeff, this whole getting older thing. He's the man. Is he like the, of, the is he like the armorist? Is that what it's is. called? Well, he's he's the one that tells them what to do. He's been you know ex military, okay. ex police. You know, telling you know, show you know, telling them, look, you're holding it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Oh, okay. So, oh, so he goes over like he's the like expert. actual technique. So when yes. they're doing something wrong, he's like, no, that's not how it's really done. But Odie is also a massive cornhole fan. So he's part of SWAT Cornhole and that whole organization. Yeah. By the way, shout out to SWAT Cornhole, repping with the hat right now, uh, Airmail City. They've got a the, what they have out there is astonishing when you see it up close. <laughs> well, I've seen done, the videos. I've seen the videos done, on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. It's amazing. What he's done with his backyard is ridiculous. Anyway, so long story short, excuse me, my nose is itching like crazy. We get out there, right? And, you know, it's let's all introduce ourselves. Let's have a few drinks, you know, and then it turns into a business conversation. Meanwhile, we're having drinks, you know, got friends and family around having some food. <laughs> Before you know it, we're a few drinks in and it's like, oh, we're going to have a cornhole tournament. Oh, boy. I've said on many an occasion on this show, on other shows I've done with Trey, I'm a horrifically bad cornhole player. I just, which is shocking to me because I don't because, have the time. I don't play. So, you know, I, but, I you, but you're a good athlete. I mean, you really are. Well, I mean, I know, I, I know you're humble about it, but you, you're, you're a good athlete. I was a de- I'm very athletic, not a good athlete. I think you have to have a brain that doesn't allow you to get like super angry. And you've seen, you've played golf with me. I'm a petulant child when I play golf and it's awful. That's that's, that's true. And it it is, it's awful. And it's the same kind (laughs) of thing. The problem is, is that, is that you think that you're Tiger Woods. Well, I think that. And and you're, and you're not, but, but you are, but you are, but you you are, no, but the good news is you are very good though. Same thing in cornhole. You and and I I are not Trey Birchfield. Right. So you can't go out there and just, and just pretend that you're going to be there. Let me, let me take you through what happened. All right. So the team's got set up. So obviously Shamar and Stacey are going to play together. Uh, Our PI guard, Marlon Winter was out there as well. And he ended up with, uh, with, with David. So poor David on that one. Sorry, Marlon. Just kidding. If there's one worst cornhole player in our organization, it might be Marlon than me. So oh, anyway, no, I've got to be close. close to the bottom. There's, there, you know, so we go through this tournament. And my man Odie and I get teamed up together. We go undefeated nice. through the tournament. Wow. But it gets to where it's Shamar and Stacy, and oh, me and no. Odie. Yeah, and they've Not got a, really, and, and they've got to double dip us to get the big win, right? Let's just say that I averaged, if we start talking PPR in that first game, and I'm not exaggerating here, I may have thrown a 1.5 or a 2. <laughs> why? So why? So I mean, is it is it because all the things we talk about, the mental thing, the pressure, the lights, you're it's, in Shamar Moore's backyard? Well, I'm not good to begin with. And then when you don't play enough, like all of a sudden, you know, I started playing a little better, you know? I mean, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden – I mean, it vanished like the feel of the bag, everything. Oh, and I will say we were playing with a certain set of bags. We get to the championship, and I guess because it's Shamar's house, he decides he's going to use the bags we've been playing with the whole time. I always talk about, you know, gosh, you know, what does it really mean to change bags? These guys are all so good. Well, apparently to yeah. someone my level, you throw <laughs> a completely different set of bags in my hand. It was awful. So Just why? Why did you awful. why did you have to wait a second? Why did you have to switch if it was you and Odie? Going undefeated, and, why did we have to switch? Because it was Shamar's house, is, is the only thing I can say. 
But but why? Because if you're playing doubles, really all that matters is what you and Odie want to play together, right? You would think so. So Shamar, <laughs> Shamar, little house, little, See, little uh, house rules on that. Little house rules, action. A- okay. Absolutely. And so okay. it shouldn't have mattered. You're right. Hey, it's it's his airmail city. He can do it, what he it, wants. It, he he is the owner of airmail city, so he got to make that calling, <laughs> and uh, it shouldn't have mattered. I mean, it really shouldn't have. But for some reason, it got in my head. And so we got smoked in that first game. So we go to a deciding game, and it's back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden, it's like 2019 or whatever it is. It all comes down <laughs> to you, doesn't point, it? point of the story is I've got a chance. I can airmail it for the win or get it in. The hole's pretty jammed up, and I'm not good enough to do all that other stuff. So I either have a chance to airmail for the win on the board for the wash, send it back down to Odie and Shamar, or do what I did. Yep, threw it right off the side. Oh, my gosh. Now, wait a second. We lost 21-20. Because because I I received some intel on how this exactly went down. No, I'm telling you how it went down. so you experience. you just had to board it then to keep the game alive. You didn't have to just board it to win it. No, no, no. I had to board it to keep the game alive. Gotcha. And uh, it was one of those things, Jeff, you, you'll love this. I was, you know, let's just say that soberness was a long way away from where, from where I was standing at that point. And I'm sitting there in my mind, you know, 18-year-old Bernie, competitive guy. <laughs> oh, I can make this airmail, right? Like that, Like that's in my head. And then, you know. 51-year-old Bernie's like, what are you thinking, man? Just put it on the board. This is all while my arm's going back. And so as it leaves my hand, you ever have that moment when you've played any game, and as soon as it leaves your hand, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, that happens in golf to me all the time. Like, my my mind is most active in my backswing, which is terrible. And the funny thing is, you know, it's only in the air for, what, a second, maybe two? Yeah. The amount of thought I had in that second and a half, two seconds, I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to have to listen to this crap. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, I can. I was like, how do you miss the board? I mean, the back's still in the air. And, and like, and in the end, I'm kind of hoping upon hope because it was one bag off to the side. Maybe it would kind of grab and stick and it kind of hit it and it just kind of fell. I mean, it was such a bad throw. And so, of course, they win, you know, and it's a huge ordeal. There's a belt there. Yeah, the whole the thing. Pictures. Something yeah. tells me we wouldn't get that belt if we would have won. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, Stacy yeah, wins. I think you Stacey, would have. They would have oh, been I know. I know. Those guys are awesome. But Stacy wins. Shamar wins. So, for the sake of the business, I'm saying that I threw the game. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I threw the game on purpose. So Stacy could feel better about himself. Okay, that's good. It's a good story. Yeah, it's well, not true. <laughs> it's awful, man. Um, all right. Well, you know what, though, brother, I am super proud of you for telling the truth it and was, for coming clean. Because because what happened because what happened was is that David Lim texted me, <laughs> and he told me what happened and yeah. asked me if I talked to you yet. And I said he has not told me. Uh, what happened? I said, I'm I, on this week's show. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to see if he comes clean about it. So you came clean about it and I'm proud of you. I, I mean, forgive I, you now for, for not calling me. I mean, you can't lie about something when there's eight people standing around laughing at you that all saw it, you know, <laughs> oh, it man. was, but it was such a good time, man. Such great dudes. They love cornhole. They love cornhole. And I think everyone in our cornhole community should be happy and proud that those guys are so interested. 
because it's, yeah. it's I, I think yep. it's going to be a great, great relationship going forward. So I'm looking yep. forward to it. Well said. I agree. Okay. With that in the green room, speaking of celebrities, oh my stars, uh, we haven't gotten to uh, who we're going to have for this week's guest. So Stormy Bonatoni, as yes. many people in the corn whole world know, it probably the most, maybe even more famous than Trey. I don't know. I mean, she's the only person who's gotten a chant so far, right? I mean, they, they don't they don't chant Trey's name. So without further ado, now ESPN college football sideline reporter, amongst other things that we'll talk to her about. Please welcome in Stormy Bonatoni. Stormy, Stormy, Stormy. Well, hey, I only get a chant because Bernie starts it. So, like, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, do you miss being taunted from afar? Just having me get the crowd chanting your name. You know, any time that I get a stormy chant at any of my venues, I'm like, you know, Cornhole did it better. What can I say? <laughs> How are Look, you guys? Good to see you. This is awesome. By the way, I want you to know, Stormy, if I was to say disappear tomorrow, we would go to a national and people would be like, oh, he's not here. Whatever. No big deal. Right. They would move on. People still. Have you talked to Stormy? What's she doing? I think I saw her on TV. Is she okay? I wish she was still around. That was so much fun. I was like, I know, I know, I know. She's important. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sweetest thing ever, though. Like, I loved, loved, loved that full year that I got to cover the league with you guys. And everyone was so nice to me. And I just remember thinking how cool it was that, like, you go to these events and, I mean, there's like a thousand, however many people are here. And it's only the final 10 to 12 that actually make the broadcast. So we're like speed trying to get to know some people's stories. You're like, wait, you're not Cody Henderson. Like you're not gonna, I didn't expect you to make it to the final, but let me know your story. Can we talk? Can we chat? And um, most people tried to offer me a beer. I had to turn it down. Um, But it was always, I I just had so much fun at all these events. So it's cool that I even get to talk to you guys again now. And um, whenever I work a, uh, I mean, not when I work, but when I'm at a barbecue or anything like that at home, everybody's like, Stormy, are the boards far enough apart? What's the score? Can I get a post-game yeah. interview? All that stuff. So it's fun. I, you know, I actually, Bernie, I get the same thing. And, and for the first year, because believe it or not, Stormy, this is going to be, I, I just, I've been doing Crazy. this now for two years already. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard to believe, but yeah. So for the, fir- for the first year, I would always hear, Hey, well, where's Stormy? Yeah, and and I and I'd be like, well, you know, I she she's you know doing college football, or whatever, and and it, it it wasn't even like, hey, Jeff, how you doing? It was, hey, where's Stormy? That's and then as that, soon as I would say, you know, that you're not here, or whatever, they'd be like, okay, and, and yeah. just leave, like gone. I always and, said, and, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't yeah. tell you how many times that happened. A lot. Always, so you really had an impact on on everybody. So I mean, sorry. So so how much do you miss doing it? Isn't it fun? It is fun. It's it's funny because it gets brought up like in a lot of um, podcast things that I get asked to do or whatever where about my career journey, right? And like places you never expected that you would go to get to yeah. you to where you are now and those different stepping stones. And cornhole always comes up because it's something that like never was on my radar initially. And it ended up being one of the funnest, coolest experiences that I got to do. Um, And it just was like one of those things that I always tell people like say yes to everything because you never know what you, where you might end up or what you end up doing. And cornhole was such a blast for me to, like I said, learn how to like get to know people quickly and like tell their stories and have some fun, but also 
I don't think people realize how cool these events really are and how much goes into it and how much everybody really cares about the sport and how hard it is. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> how many times in between broadcasts was I just losing like crazy to everyone that would come out there. I'm like, what do you call my bag? A knuckleball bag? <laughs> Brutal. But it really is a lot of fun and I miss it. And that's why when you guys came to um, Vegas during the pandemic, when you guys were kind of the first sport really to get to go back on TV and you were here yeah. in town, I felt really fortunate that I could come say hi to a lot of people. That, that was awesome. Different. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I was, I was sitting there on a, I'm, Jeff knows I'm a, I'm a, I'm a college football junkie. So, you know, you get through the day on the East coast and all of a sudden it's 10 30. Eh, I'm going to watch the West coast game, see what's happening. And there she was. And I was like, man, we need to get stormy on this show. We've got to hear from stormy. And I think <laughs> I, I, I think I taunted her on Facebook or something. It was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was just, it's, it's so cool to get to see you again. So this is awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. I feel bad when Jeff introed me and was like, yeah, our celebrity guest. Like, where's the celebrity? You guys, I can try to help you find somebody, but ah. thanks for thinking of me. You're very sweet. The false right. humility of Stormy. So, <laughs> hey, Stormy, so how did you, because I, I get the question all the time. How, how did you first get the call to do Cornhole? Well, um, you guys know Mr. Kavanaugh pretty well um, with mm -hmm. Tupelo Raycom. And I had done some things with them in Charlotte. And he had let me know that Stacy and the ACL were looking for a new reporter for the upcoming year. And, you know, it wouldn't just be one event. It would be every event for the year and stuff. And um, I was like, okay, well, yeah, like if they'll have me do it. So I had like a full blown interview with Stacy. Like I had to get the stamp of approval from Kamish wow. um, <laughs> before they would just let anybody come in and do it. So I, I think that's kind of fun too. That obviously you wow. guys have your have your crew right that take it very seriously, and they wanted to make sure that whoever was the reporter for it did too. And um, I got I got a nice uh, sausage and egg sandwich with Stacy and Charlotte, and apparently I got <laughs> apparently I got approved. Um, and no, it was so fun. It was just kind of off to the races after that, and it was cool because yeah. we got to go to so many different cities and um, just have fun. And everybody's the drinks are flowing. Everybody's telling jokes. You have so many great personalities in the sport, and it, it was just so much fun. I'm glad. I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did. And I always get so jacked up whenever I see it on TV. Um, but it's funny, like you, like you said about people asking about me at these things, when we see it on TV um, and I'm with my friends or whatever, I'm always asked like, oh, would you do it again? I'm like, hey, if I ever got asked to do it again, right place, right time, happy to, love it. <laughs> yeah. I Stormy, I got a question for you. You're a, you're a Las Vegas native, correct? Yes. Yes, sir. How awesome is it to have the Raiders in Las Vegas now? Is the city a buzz that and the Knights, the Vegas Knights? I mean, is it, is it cool to actually now finally have professional sports in Las Vegas? It is so cool. Um, and as you guys know, I worked for the Vegas Golden Knights for a couple of years, too. Mm -hmm. And like to have professional sports in the city, I grew up where like we were told forever it would never work right. here. And there's the, no way. Um, no but, gambling. No, right, but, yeah. it's a, but it's a city uh, of people who absolutely love and, and are extremely passionate about sports. And so it's been really cool first with the Knights just to see how well adopted they were by the home fans here. Like you can't 
look anywhere when you're driving down the street without seeing a VGK logo or license plate or whatever it is. Like it's everywhere. And then same thing with the Raiders, although I am a 49ers fan. So it was wow. a little different. Wow. Diverse. <laughs> but, um, but no, it is. It's it's super, super cool. It's great for the city. Allegiant Stadium is freaking insane. It's it looks gorgeous. like a spaceship. It looks like a Roomba as well from up top. <laughs> it does um, look like a Roomba. <laughs> That's funny. It does. <laughs> but it's great. It's so cool. It's and like it's it's fun to hear the stories, even of just like everybody from California that does rush in on the weekends to come to home games. And um, yeah, I love it. Hopefully, you know, baseball perhaps or wow. whatever comes next. We'll see. It would be pretty cool to see it keep growing. Well, that that's the one, that's the one thing that surprises me is that. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays are such a good team mm -hmm. and they've done such an amazing job of recruiting and building through their farm. And then you watch these games on TV and there's nobody there. Yeah. And, and you know, I love the city of Tampa. I really do. And I, and I love going there. I used to go down there for spring training uh, back when I was a little pup with the Yankees um, farm system. And, and I, I love the city. But gosh, if you think about a team like the Rays, all of a sudden showing up in Las Vegas, they would kill it. Well, and like, place would be packed. Would every single one of their names, everybody would be at the games yes. because even if you're a diehard fan or not, it's another event you can go to in the city and people in the city love events, <laughs> um, but they truly do embrace the team. Like it's, it's, be, it's become a real part of the culture of the city now, which is really special. It's funny you say that because, you know, growing in Charlotte, being a native Charlottean, Charlotte and Las Vegas seem to be the two cities. Every time you know, they talk about the Rays leaving, are they going to one of these two cities? And now I realize that, you know, now that they've allowed professional sports, to, it, it's happening in Vegas. It would make much more sense for the Rays to move to Vegas. But do they have a facility there at all? So the rumors I've heard are that they might try to do something in Summerlin where they already have the minor league ballpark. And that's kind of a cool like parallel with Charlotte also, right? They're two of the best yeah. minor, league minor league ballparks that you have in the yeah. country. Um, but where, yeah, where the aviators play right now is, is somewhere that I've seen targeted as a pitch if they were to go that way. I don't know. I haven't looked enough into it. I'll try to do more research. <laughs> well, all right. So, Stormy, because um, we're going to quickly run out of time. I know we are. That's the. Are the we really? Show. I, yeah. Did, it, did it, we it just get happens. on? Sorry, yeah, I'm grabbing too much. I mean, we got we got a little bit of time, but but so tell us what you're doing now, because obviously, as Bernie was saying, we see you uh, covering college football on ESPN. But uh, I think you're also working for ZVSIN. I think it's yes. the big the big network out. And that's in Vegas, right? Yes, correct. It's the Vegas Sports and Information Network. Um, okay. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> like I grew up in Vegas, as you guys said. So sports betting has kind of always been a part of my life in a weird way, whether like I was allowed to say that I liked it or not. Um, but like I grew up watching games with my dad and like it did not matter who won the game. It mattered if it was by four and a half points. Right. So um, <laughs> to have that kind of natural instinct and part of my life get to be part of my job now is pretty cool. I host a hour long show Monday through Friday called My Guys in the Desert that was actually originally created by legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger right. and he comes on the show with me once a week for the full hour or two. So I still get to do the show with him sometimes, which is like such a dream, honestly. Like I yeah. think about how many 
college football or memories of mine listening to a game that have come from his mouth. And so to get to talk ball with him is, is pretty awesome on a weekly basis. Um, but it's been a really fun project and it's, uh, it's definitely something that's different. I've always been a live event girl. So doing a studio show is a new type of a challenge and job for me, but I've really, really enjoyed it. And I still, as you guys said, get to do the ESPN college football on the weekends. And I've been primarily doing PAC 12, um, which up until recently was pretty cool getting to cover team like Oregon that was number three in the country for as long as they were throughout the course of the season. I actually had the game when they got upset by Stanford earlier in the year. Um, but nice. it, it's been really, really fun. And now just kind of getting excited for bowl season and seeing where I'm going to get sent here soon. So I, I, I got to let you know and tell Brent Musburger. Okay. <laughs> he will not care, but tell him anyway for the, these bags are live thing that I do, Jeff and Stormy. I stole that from Brent Musburger for every time he opens a college football game throughout my childhood, still to today, you are looking looking live. And so I was like, huh, that would be kind of cool if I make that these bags are live. So I'm sure he won't care, but if you get a chance, you'll have to tell him that's where it comes from. He's coming on the show tomorrow and I definitely will bring it up to him. That's so cool. I love that. And I'm sure he (laughs) loves that too. I actually have, Oh man, it's not in here. Tomorrow on the show, I'm gonna wear a T-shirt that has his face on it. I'm sure he's gonna think of <laughs> like That's awesome. All right, so all right, so with college football, obviously it's a passion of yours. So I'm sure you guys talk about it a lot. So are there early lines? I mean, like with the playoff, like the teams. I mean, I'm assuming you can bet on who you think are going to be the final four teams that are in. Oh yeah. Um, and these lines. What's so crazy is, I mean, like as soon as a season ends the futures lines for next year come out. So like if you see a, if it's your favorite team and you want to bet on them right away and see what number you can get, like jump on it. Anybody can, but on DraftKings specifically, um, I know they do make or miss the playoff odds throughout the course of the season for who that could be. Um, Georgia, I think starting week seven took over as the main favorite to be the national championship contender there at like minus 220 right now. So bet 220 to win a hundred is kind of how those odds typically work. Um, but yeah, so you can bet on anything pretty much anytime you could bet on who the next head coach of wherever is going to be if they have it on a certain draft uh, draft books. So it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool how they have things worked out, but crazy. Yeah. Crazy what's going on with all the coaches. You can bet on literally anything now. It is nuts yeah. with the coaches. Right, yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Jeff, let me. All right, I'm not going to ask you who your least favorite interview is, because that's awful. Who's your favorite interview in the Pac-12? When the coaches are coming off, you know, I know it's miserable for some of those guys, but who's your favorite interview? Or can you say? Oh, it's hard. So this year specifically, um, you know what, actually, I'll just say Herm Edwards is a really, really cool guy to have gotten the opportunity to cover this past two years now that I've gotten to do the Pac-12 stuff, just because historically, um, you know, his NFL day, you play to win the game and having him kind of tell stories of his career and things like that. He actually still, fun fact, um, (laughs) the notebook that he carries his notes around in, he's had since 2003. And it's like this NFL notebook with like a football material. Um, Just a cool, cool guy. Love hearing Herm Edwards talk, whether it's an interview or just kind of behind the scenes getting to know each other. He's been really cool. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome guy. I had a chance in Kansas City to cover him a little bit. And he had one of the all-time great lines because he said when he came up as a coordinator, he said, life is easy. 
you know, you, you, you storm yeah. up and down the, the sidelines <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the head coach is having to make all the calls. And he said, you know, the, the coordinators are on the sidelines saying, well, I would have done this. I would have done this. I would have done it this way. <laughs> he said, all of a sudden, when he became a head coach, he's looking around for help. And all of a sudden, all those coordinators, like he was one day, no one was anywhere <laughs> to be found. Nowhere to be found. And he, he said, it's so <laughs> different being a head coach, you know, when that decision is yours and you have to make it in a split, to, mm-hmm. you know, split second. There's no one around. <laughs> to ask for help he said it was well, a real adjustment for him when he came to kansas city but he's such an a, honest guy he's he's a, he's a great guy definitely it's funny that that's the story you tell though because jed fish who's the first year head coach at arizona um he's been a longtime assistant forever and one of the questions we asked him was what's the biggest change now being the, the head coach for you that's taken the most adjusting and he said um from being the guy that makes suggestions to making decisions it's yeah. a very different type of a thing but with herm something he talks a lot about too in that same kind of vein is how it's really important to have a relationship with your quarterback that's really tight knit because whenever the media is pissed off or mad about something, they're coming for the head coach and the quarterback. Nobody cares about, you know, what left tackle did X, Y, and Z to affect a game. It's not coming down on you two. It's coming down on us. So we got to be on the same page. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Stormy, let's, let's put the spotlight on you a little bit now because, uh, and that's something that we like, that we like to do with the show because, <laughs> because I mean, you know, you, you'll get this Stormy because what's been great about this is that, is that I mean, and you could do a podcast. I mean, you, you think about all the material that we gather all the time for our TV broadcast, right? And we use what? I mean, normally, I means there are some games where you use a lot of it, but there are a lot of games where you just use a small portion of all the information that you gather. So we get all these stories on all these cornhole players. And I feel like during the broadcast, sometimes the games are so good, we just don't have time to talk about them, but we get some great stories. So that's been awesome with this, you know, to hear some of these just just really powerful stories of some of these players um, and be able to have time to actually kind of dive into those. So, all right. So since you're our guest, um, like give it, give us something that like, what have been some moments in your life that, that have defined you? I mean, obviously I love what you said earlier with your career, never say no, because you never know what doors it's going to open. And it's obviously opened up a ton for you, but what, what have been some moments personally that have kind of defined who you are and in your career? Um, I think one that stands out to me at least a little bit was when I was in Charlotte actually, and I was working for the Carolina Panthers. And I think on the surface, a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, you, you know, work for an NFL team. Everything's great. And things weren't really panning out for me there the way that I had hoped or thought that they would be. And my boss who hired me there was let go. And you know how that kind of affects your view of like the way other people see you when you're connected to somebody who didn't work out there. And I had a lot of doubts about my security and what I was going to do. And when my contract was up with the Panthers, I didn't really fully know what was next for me. And um, I had a lot of doubt in my myself. Um, and there are a couple instances where that happened, actually, because when I first moved to Charlotte, I moved there without a job and was kind of mm-hmm. like, emailing and calling everyone and their mom to get an opportunity. And I feel like I finally got one and it was, it was okay. Like maybe I am cut out for this. And then it's another hurdle. Like, okay, well maybe I'm, maybe I'm not like, am I good enough to get another opportunity? I don't know. And it's interesting how, like when you feel maybe those doubts creep in and you're not sure what's next for you and you, that's typically when you're at your lowest feeling, I guess, personally, that sometimes things happen to like click for whatever reason. And I've been really fortunate that 
I mean, despite, you know, it's never good to feel low, but like every time I've pretty much felt at like a dark spot, like, am I cut out for this business? Something has presented itself. Um, and it's, you know, it doesn't come without hard work that those things present themselves. But um, I, I got an opportunity with the Vegas Golden Knights, right, um, to get to come out here and move to my hometown and, you know, not be a freelancer anymore, but have a full time job, be by family. And it was just kind of like a little mini miracle, I felt like um, that I got to come here and have that work out the way that it did. It was cool. That's that's so true, though, right? I mean, Everyone that has been successful in any business ever has heard no a million times. Oh my God. So many more no's than yes's. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) I mean, but like, I think like me personally, when I was younger, no seemed to be so important, you know, and I I didn't have, I I guess, the ability to kind of nose to the grindstone. They don't know what they're talking about. They're missing out instead of me looking at them like, well, they're the experts. They're saying no. You know, I guess it, I guess it's no. And that's, Mm -hmm. It's a great story. And we talked about it with Jay Rubin when he was on. You, know, you have to be able to persevere. And so that's a really cool story. I'm glad you brought that up. It's always the weirdest thing now when people call me to do work. And I still like it's hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes because I spent such a long time like calling and asking for opportunities and getting shut down for the longest time at every stage of my career. And then over the last couple of years, like getting calls and like getting to be on ESPN because they asked me is like I I say this all the time, but like college stormy first couple years out of college stormy like would not believe this and i try to make sure that i don't take for granted any minute because it could end at any minute right so um just keep trying to be the best version of yourself and working hard and having fun along the way right yeah Amen, that's, that's sister a, that's a good seg- <laughs> that's a good segue stormy because you know that's that's something that i think a lot of us struggle with is that next step and, and again to kind of take it back to some of the cornhole players some of these top players in the world like a jamie graham uh, Cody Henderson, when he was on top, um, once you get on top or once you get that call, it comes sometimes with a lot of pressure and, and sometimes it's difficult to deal with that pressure. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes I don't know if it's more difficult, but sometimes it's really difficult to deal with success. I mean, have you, have you had, have you, have you felt any of that? I mean, because I mean, you you do such a great job. I mean, you really do. You look so natural and, and it's, it's, it's a pleasure to watch you, especially knowing you, it makes it even more fun for us to watch you. But I mean, how do you, is it stressful to deal with that success sometimes too? I appreciate you saying that because I'm severely insecure. Um, but it, I think that it pushes you to try to be better and to be the best version of yourself, like I kind of said yeah. before. And it is funny you bring up Cody because like that's totally something that year that I was fully ingrained in covering the Cornhole League all year long was that like he was a little bit off and he wasn't winning every championship like he had the year prior and like. I imagine that type of stuff does get in your head and it's a little bit um, anxiety filled. Right. And so I'm still fortunate that I'm like a nobody still. It's OK. Like I don't have like Aaron Andrews type stresses, um, which I <laughs> which I listen to her podcast and she talks about that all the time. Like it really is. It's hard to get to a certain place and it's even harder to keep it. And so you yeah. really do put that stress on yourself to Hey, like, am I working hard enough? Am I putting in enough hours? Am I studying enough? And I probably annoy my family and my boyfriend a lot at how much I'm locked up in this room because I do. I just, I, I might not be like the smartest person on the planet and know everything about everything, but I am going to 
read as much as I can. I'm going to try as hard as I can to be the best version of me, even if I'm not the best and the best version of myself. And I think that's what's important. Why are you insecure? Yeah, right. I mean, you, you could look Seriously. like this. I'm not this morning. <laughs> you don't. You don't look like Mumford. <laughs> Mumford, That's, dude. Sorry, I had to do it. What a guy. Oh no. But yeah, why? Why? Why are you? Why are you insecure? Because I think that nothing's ever good enough, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, just truly, I, I think that all the time that like you said, even how you're always kind of like looking for that next thing sometimes in this business. Um, I feel that within what I'm doing all the time that like I could have a, a an interview, right. And feel like, Oh, that, that probably went okay. And then watch it back and be like, Oh man, I messed that up. Or I could think something was really bad and then watch it back and be like, Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, but I could have done this or could have done that. And so I think that I just always want to be better than I am. And sometimes maybe that can have its negatives that, you know, you're never going to be perfect. But I think it's also good to have that realization that you're never going to be perfect so that you don't let yourself get complacent because I think that's just as bad. <laughs> you know, it might not be pressure, yeah. but if you walk into a situation and you're not prepared, people are going to notice that you weren't prepared. A coach would not respect you the same way if you walked into um, a conversation just free balling or whatever. So, um, you know, I think that it's, I think it's important. Um, it's hard, but I think it's, at least it's made me who I am and I wouldn't change that. So I guess I got to roll with it. Um, but just try to take some more naps or something maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's a good point though. I mean, Jeff, like you and Stormy are very good at, you know, kind of critiquing yourself. I mean, when you talk insecurity, I, I can't even stand to watch myself, much less listen to myself. If, oh, I, yeah. hear, if I hear my voice through a screen, I freak out, literally run outside. I can't listen to it. It's, I have to put it on mute and then I get upset at what I'm looking at. I don't see how you guys, I mean, you guys are professionals, right? I'm kind of the, the comic relief that has somehow found his way onto this podcast. But I mean, like, I, I can't handle it because I know what I think of myself. And when I look up there, it is terrifying. So, I mean, oh, the way no. you guys handle it is, is amazing to me. You're the best. You're a stud. Honestly, you're already getting deep on me on this podcast. That's, that's what we do, Stormy. I actively work on making my voice deeper because I <laughs> No, you don't. Do you really? Oh my gosh, yes. It's like a little squeaky nails on a chalkboard. I work on it all the time. Oh my that gosh. That's, that is really funny. Well, I used to, I remember when I was uh, when I was coming, I used to read, I used to practice reading billboard signs <laughs> when I'd be driving down the highway. That's interesting. Because yeah. because I, I knew at some point I was gonna have to be doing promo reads. And or, or having to do commercial reads. And so I thought to myself, well, I'm driving down the road five hours down to down to uh, school. Um, I just practice by reading the billboards and try to make it as perfect as possible. Like Jay huh. Rubin tries to hit 44 bags in a row. Right. I try to see how many billboards I can read perfectly before I screw one up. And That's I don't know how many. Well, but you have yeah. Jeff, you've got such a nondescript, mid, you know, Midwestern accent. I mean, I'm trying to hide this Southern accent, especially if there's an I in the word. It's coming out. So I try so hard to keep it just lowered down just a touch. I think I lived in in uh, North Carolina too long because I throw y'alls out there like it's my oh, job on my because, show. And because y'all works. Y'all is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an interesting point. Um, and Jeff, 
something that for me, I've never had a teleprompter or anything like that outside of when I was in college. Um, and so I've never really had to read things and I had to do a teleprompter thing recently. And it was so hard to sound conversational while you're reading something like that is a yeah. special skill set that people who do a lot of studio work, like my studio works a little different. It's more like a radio show setting versus like an ESPN get up or sports center or something like that. The people that do that and make it sound like you're having a conversation with someone is so impressive to me because I was reading my script talking like this. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's acting in a way, correct? No. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's acting going on there. Yeah. 100%. Storm, you know, it's interesting to 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 hear your challenges because I fa I face the same thing. I mean, how many times and Bernie, I mean, whether it's business or whether it's broadcasting, I think we all go through that challenge. It's like, why am I not further than I am right now? Why is my career? Why am I not doing this? How come I'm not getting this call? And and as I've gotten older, I think something that I've tried to do is uh, is really just try to enjoy the moment. I think that's why this whole cornhole experience has been so much fun. Because instead of saying, why am I not calling, you know, Sunday, you know, the, the NFL games on Sundays, I'm really trying to enjoy the moment and where we're at. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important for a lot of people. Again, whether you're in business, Bernie, or whether you're in broadcasting like Stor Stormy and I, are, I mean, I'm really trying to enjoy the events because I feel like, and I don't know if you've ever done this because, I mean, I, I struggle with my insecurities as well, but there were so many times when I was a minor league baseball broadcaster, I truly felt like I was broadcasting the game for my resume tape. Right. You know, I, I was trying to sound perfect, you know, for, for my football tape or for my baseball tape. Mm -hmm. And and, I, and I, I finally hit a point in my career, I don't know, several years ago where I was like, you know what? That's not fair to the fans. I mean, that's being so selfish to think that you're broadcasting this game to try and get you to another level is just terrible. So, I mean, so for years now, I've always tried to really appreciate the moment, kind of get lost in the moment and enjoy it. So I hope that you're kind of doing the same thing because I love these football games that you're, cover that you're covering. The crowd is awesome. The players are great. And you know what I mean? It's just fun to kind of get lost in that moment. Yeah, totally. And I mean, some of the matchups you get aren't like the sexiest matchups, right? But I love what you said yeah. because even with it, whether it was a cornhole event or a game that I do or whatever it is, um, I think it was Holly Rowe who I heard say this about like kind of embracing where you are is that you're never going to get to the Super Bowl if you don't treat what you're doing like a Super Bowl. And Absolutely. I really liked that mentality of just like, appreciating where you are, doing your absolute best job at it, putting the work in, earning the respect of your peers, so that whenever that next thing comes, you're ready for it, versus always like faking it and then getting to that point. And maybe you're not ready for it because right. you weren't giving your all previously. So like yeah. treat whatever you're doing like it's the biggest event possible and put your all into it. And that's what I tried to do with Cornhole, which I'm glad I've, I, it feels, it's a really good feeling to me to know that like people who are still even current players going to events thought that I did a good job or liked my personality or whatever it is because I did put a lot into it. And that means a lot to me. Unlike you guys. When I think about, you know, what's gone wrong, you know, what mistakes I made, I'm pretty sure all I got to do is look right in the mirror. There he is. That's the Bernie, you, Bernie, you are way too hard on yourself, brother. Uh, you are. I thought I was hard on myself. No, it's, 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 this it's is, this is Bernie. That we've talked about this. Stormy, we've talked about this. But, but Bernie uses his humor to, to, you know, it's a, it's a defense mask his insecurity. Can Absolutely. you totally do? You just did it again. It's, hey, man.
it's a learned behavior. I've been doing it since I was like five. So it, you are very, very funny though. So defense. That's a good point. That's a good point. Good quality. So <laughs> you are, you are funny and you have a great personality. You can dance. We've talked about that before. That's you true. can break it down. He's it's got some. True. He's got some moves, but but we all serve a purpose. And 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 Stormy, I love <laughs> having you. Ditch diggers too, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have you serve a purpose to to get the crowd going. I mean, I to know. to make it to make the event fun. I mean, sure. it, it it's true. I mean, without you, when you're not there to get the crowd going in the beginning, it's not the same. You know, there's yeah, been a few cool. times when you because you guys wear many hats. There's been a few times where all of a sudden Trey and I are about ready to record the open. And you're not there to get everybody hyped up. So we're having to do the open and it's dead quiet. And that's not nearly as much fun as when everyone's yelling at us, asking where Stormy at. And you guys yeah. suck. Bring Stormy back. It's way more fun. <laughs> I, I, I felt bad because I used to, I, I knew it, I knew it got under her skin. And unfortunately, Stormy doesn't know or learned this about me is that once I know it gets under your skin a little bit that I'm getting the crowd to chant your name, mm -hmm. I'm going to get them to chant your name. So I, I could tell she was like, please stop doing that. I was like, oh, oh, it's happening. I was told a long time ago <laughs> that when somebody's mean to you, it means they like you. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was all out of love. Absolutely. <laughs> so true. All right. So Stormy, so what's, uh, we only got a couple minutes left here. So what's next uh, for you? Obviously you're doing the show, staying busy with that. Anything else uh, on the horizon? Yeah, well, I am really excited this week. I mean, it would have been great to do a conference championship game. Don't get me wrong, but I am so excited to have a weekend free. So that's what I'm really looking forward to this weekend is I don't have anything to do on Saturday and Sunday. Nice. So I'm going to watch the games from home, sleep a lot. Very, very, very fun. Um, and then I'll find out my bowl game assignments here soon. Um, so that'll be good. But I'm just like I said, just looking forward to a little bit of a break. It's weird how fast this college football season has gone wow, by, right? Um, but it took a toll at the same time. So just having one Saturday um, to, you know, not have to travel or something like that is, is nice just to sleep in my own bed for a weekend. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you guys? What's on the horizon? Well, Hey, real quick. I mean, I, I meant to ask you about this earlier. I mean, is there any talk on your end? Do you hear any chatter about, about cornhole on the, on the, uh, in the lines out there? And a growing because you know obviously we have a little deal with uh, DraftKings, but I mean, we got to get in on this. We got it's it's slowly yes. coming. It's slowly coming. We're, we're legal well, in three states. This is what I'm saying. People love to bet on anything, especially when there's data to back it up. And because you guys do have those databases um, and like stat trackers and stuff like that, I think that would make it even more of a bettable opportunity. So. I'm, I'm glad. Look at that. Without being egged on too much, that is perfect, Stormy, because those have to be taken serious yeah. for gambling to happen. Because once they trust the lines, once they trust the PPRs, then betting will happen in earnest. So thank you I, for saying that, Stormy, yes. without being egged on. That is perfect. No, I just remember how much that, that the end of the first season when you guys started implementing a lot more of those trackers, I was fascinated by it. Like... You guys do a really, really good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot tell you the number of friends who I have who are just total junkies, right? And, and, with with basketball, football, whatever. And I've had so many people who have said, hey, where can I bet on this? Because they see it on TV and right. they want to bet on it. Like instantly they want to bet on it. I mean, but but like Bernie, and we've had we've had shows that we kind of touched on this, but I mean, behind the scenes, the players have got to be legit with their stuff because 
you know, with the stats and everything, it matters. And if you mess that up, Vegas isn't going to touch it. So I think that's kind of where they're at right now, trying to get to that next level. I cannot wait for there to be betting on cornhole and bettors have to take into account if the event is outside or inside and yeah. who's a good out weather, like outside weather player. Oh, yeah. And like, Oh my gosh, sign <laughs> me up. Let's go. Yeah. No, I think it'd be great. Seriously. And there's so many it's things coming. to consider. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. It's just yeah. going to take everyone getting used to doing things the right way. And once, every, once everything gets truly buttoned up, it's happening. So it's, it's it's coming and i want to be the first show to broadcast legit lines like that there we is... go you oh, heard it you heard it here awesome. first jeff you heard it here first she's All she's right. already boxed herself right. in spread the word <laughs> I spread have the word. An i've been waiting i've been waiting <laughs> All right, Stormy. Hey, awesome job as always again love watching you and seeing you on tv and thank you so much for coming on it was great to catch up Thanks, guys. It was so good to see your beautiful faces. And I'm going to leave you with a Bernie, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie. See you guys. Bye, Stormy. Man, awesome. That that really was. I, I that was when when she when she was there doing the sideline reporting. I really oh, man, it was enjoyed. Awesome. And she yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had we've had several. Or at least we don't anymore. We used to have several uh, sideline reporters who we worked with, but she really. I mean, the players, as you know, I mean, really, really took to her. She was great. I think if we found someone like Stormy again, they would probably bring that back. But once she left, we were never able, you know, no offense to anyone else that was doing it. We were never able to get to that level again, I don't think. And I think the folks at Tupelo Raycom are like, you know, if we can't find that, let's just do away with it. It's not necessary. Unless we I, can I find what, that. I wonder what happened to that. You know, it's it's hard. When you get to a certain level, if you can't match that level again, then you go in other ways, right? Like if you can't yeah. you can't come down from that, and I, I think that's where we moved on from because we couldn't we couldn't get Stormy back, so we couldn't reach that level again. So it was time to move on. <laughs> um, great talking to her about the Vegas Lions. We got to go. We got like right. ten seconds left, but oh, yeah, wow. it's coming. You're right. I mean, it, it's, it's coming. coming, and that's gonna. I mean, that's gonna take the sport to a whole new level. That'll be exciting. Absolutely. All right. So again. Uh, love you, and I do forgive you for not calling me. Love you we too, went out to Los Los Angeles. I'm totally jealous. David and Shamar, <laughs> so awesome. I mean, those guys have been time. great. Seriously, such a good great. time. Yeah, right, glad you had time. fun. Glad you made it safe, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. All right, see ya.